what's going on ACL Nation. This is Around the ACL, Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And we've got an interesting show for you here kind of in this off season. We are going to talk about the new pro partnerships. We're going to go through the uh, pro guide and elite tour. Uh, we're going to talk about who qualified uh, through the uh, local conference qualifiers and some of the modifications that are coming up this season. So we'll get into all the details and wrap it up with buy or sell. So definitely going to be um, answering a lot of questions for you guys for the upcoming season, getting you excited about it. Um, but uh, lots of good info today. Uh, I know uh, Trey and I are pretty tired. Trey should be exhausted. I'm coming off of just one small weekend of travel, but Trey's been back to back to back to back. Are you alive, Trey? Barely. Barely. <laughs> oh, was, this your, uh, was this your Disney World trip? Yeah, Mish, oh, Mish, yeah. Joined, Mish joined the riders. The, the Thompson and Ryder gang uh, conquered Disney World together. So, Hey, for those that don't know, uh, the Ryder gang are bit of experts on a disney bit, World, no we right? can't ever go without them like they've ruined us forever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good feedback i wanted to hear so, <laughs> yeah. yeah i think it was i i we, we had a great time as always but um i think michelle and and nick and and hopefully rome too had a good time so i thought it was overall it was it was, it was fun we had a lot of fun we had so much fun and rome is a little thrill seeker uh, loves roller coasters. It's his first time, and uh, he wanted to go on all of them. The only ones he didn't go on were the ones that he was one inch too short for. He's forty-seven inches. Seemed to be forty-eight. <laughs> yeah, he. Michelle wasn't sure. So I don't know if you know, but Michelle's a wimp when it comes to rides. So okay. yeah, like all rides, like just round and yeah. round stuff, or like no, no, nothing that goes fast, drops, loops. Hate all yeah. of it. Yeah. So she was like, I don't know if Rome's gonna like it. So we like took Rome on this one roller coaster. He's like, oh yeah, I like that. And I was like, well, the next one in line is like the most intense roller coaster in Disney. Do you want to go on it? And he's like, sure. And so we took him on Rome's eight and he gets off and he just goes, whoa. <laughs> and then every single ride that we went to from here, he goes, is this one fast like that other one? Is this one fast like that? I don't, he loves it. He's, he's that was the mark. junkie on her hands. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I was telling Trey in the airplane on the way home, he got on Minecraft and started designing roller coasters. So he's like full in, full send on the roller coasters. <laughs> so nice, uh, nice. Great, time. great time at Disney World. Definitely want to go back. All right, let's get into our new pro partnerships. Um, definitely some exciting ones. Jacob Trzinski and Tanner Halbert, Alex Hicks and Ryan Trader, Devin Harbaugh and Kyle Malone. Dylan Turpin and Cameron Kingfisher, Sammy Soto and Jackson Gore, Hunter Thorne and Jacob Gore, AJ Sims and Braden Wilson, Jeremiah Ellis and Ryan Hart, and Austin Cameron and Vincent Frisch. I know they just announced their bag. I don't know how many of these already have bag sponsors attached to them, um, but cool stuff coming out. What are your thoughts, Trey? Yeah, well, this one is interesting. I know Anthony was freaking out a little bit. He's like, wait a second. Harbaugh and Malone haven't haven't – uh, announced yet but they're announcing like tonight we record on monday right. so by the time this gets for this gets revealed like we're we're like in the i was like inception, inception <laughs> time right now because we don't we, we we're ahead but we're behind at the same time so uh I, that's the one that jumps off the page to me first you know we talked a lot last time we, we briefly went through some of these but most of what we talked about last week was mark richards and tony smith rightfully so 
And then we talked about Jamie Graham and Frank Maudlin. Again, rightfully so. So this is an opportunity for me to go to that next level, like the next tier of reactions. And for me, <clears throat> I really have to look at Devin Harbaugh and Kyle Malone because both of those players for a couple years now have always been the A player on an AB team. Yep. Um, we finally got Devin Harbaugh with, I mean, sorry, we finally got Kyle Malone with someone this past season that was close to that A plus territory in Jimmy humans. And they had a really successful season. Obviously they weren't number one, number two, or number three, but a top 10 team that continuously flirted with that broadcast stage continuously flirted with being one of the best teams in the, in the country. Right. Devin Harbaugh has had this up and down. He's had great partners sometimes. He's had not so great partners sometimes, right? He really had this up and down year. You know, last year he was playing with Derek King. They had flashes of being really good. This year starts that way, ends up with Nico Morales, you know, ends up with, you know, um, uh, you know, back and forth, a lot of different directions. I mean, it, it was it was a weird year for Devin Harbaugh, right? So, I think for him to find some consistency with a player and find consistency with Kyle Malone, who's also obviously won nationals before with multiple partners. For me, this has got to be a dream come true for Devin Harbaugh. You're getting one of the most successful doubles partners of all time in Kyle Malone and to the players that are at the top of their game right now. They're playing at a really, really high level, not only in singles, but not only in doubles. For me, this is the team that I have really high expectations for. This is the team that I think if they finish 10th or 9th is a disappointing season. I have a really, really high level of expectations for Harbaugh and Malone. The only thing that's going to be interesting to see is, is personalities. How do they mesh, right? Um, Malone is it, going to wear his emotions on his sleeve, right? Sometimes that can be good. Sometimes that can be bad. But we do know that he pushes his partners to play at a high level. So I think that's one particular team that, that I'm going to have my eye on this coming year. Other ones that I found interesting, Dylan Turpin playing with Cameron Kingfisher, I thought was a little bit of an interesting matchup. Um, Dylan Turpin, with that, as good as he's been over the past two years, I thought was ready to take the next gear and step up as far as a partnership yep. goes. It feels a little lateral to me with going from uh, Caleb Franklin to Cameron Kingfisher particular kingfisher maybe worries me a little bit i think he has a fear of flying and that kept him from going to multiple nationals this past year uh, and i'm assuming they've worked that out right um but i think dylan turpin is one that again i th i thought was maybe ready for a, a big jump up in partnership level and i, I kind of saw one that was more more lateral and focused um all the other ones with noting for me the gore brothers splitting up we briefly talked about this before. And then another young gun team that I think just haven't had an opportunity to be showcased too much for a variety of different reasons. Austin Cameron and Vincent Frisch. I think they're gonna they're gonna be a scary team. They're gonna be, they're gonna, they may not be a team that's top five, right? Maybe not even top ten, but they're a team that on any given day is going to make a bracket final and could win a bracket, that sort of thing. Gonna be very up, very down but certainly one that's going to be fun to watch with all of their different shot selections. Absolutely. Anthony, how about you? Yeah, just kind of uh, let's go through them one by one. Uh, you know, Trzinski, Halbert, we announced this one last week. I actually love, love this partnership. So <laughs> Halbert, Zockline, were killed it last year. A top 10 team, 
Um, what I like about this one is Halbert teaming up with a player who's kind of that new school game. And I think we might start to see that old school game continue to get pushed down the ranks if those players are not ready to evolve their game. Easy had an amazing season in the pros last year. I think having a – or in the doubles division last year, I think having a Trzinski is actually a good fit for Halbert. And Halbert, a player that I think is evolving their game. If you talk about a Halbert-Zockline partnership – it's Halbert who can evolve, and I see EZ who's just sticking with that old-school game. It'll only get you so far. I think that that style is going to continue to get pushed down the ranks. Uh, Hicks and Trader. What I love about this is these young kids, uh, Ryan Trader, we know how good Ryan Trader is right now. Let's keep in mind the pro season is not going to start for six more months. I think a Ryan Trader in six more months is going to be way better than he is right now, and he's already that good. You're talking about a kid that's you know 11 or 12 years old, whatever he is right now, who's probably only been chucking bags for a couple years. You now give him six more months to get better. They're going to be really, really good, I think, coming uh, the start of the pro season. Harbaugh Malone, I think you said it all. I think what's just awesome about this one for me is just Harbaugh finally getting a start-of-the-season partner that is really, really good in today's style game, uh, a player that can can be in the top of the ranks right now. Now, he's played with legends. He's played with really good players, lost some midseason, picked something up half season. So I think here's a chance for Harbaugh to run a full pro season with a legit doubles partner. What has what is, what is Malone got, like three national doubles championships or something like that? So they're going to be tough. They're going to be really tough, but we really need the dust to settle on what the, all of the partnerships and see what they look like to really see where they match up. But certainly top 10, arguably top five, once all the dust settles. Uh, Turpin Kingsfisher, I do agree. This feels like a lateral move. Now, Kingsfisher is, I think he's completely underrated. This kid's going to be really, really good, especially six months from now. I think it's a local thing. You're talking about a Turpin and Kingfisher in the same area. Uh, they probably see each other frequently, play regionals together. They're going to be able to kind of run a full season with regional affiliation. Um, now we got to keep an eye as we're walk, walking through these. And what we've been learning this season is bag sponsorships are driving partnerships. So you talk about a player with, you know, Team Buffalo. It's not like Turpin can go out and grab a, you know, a Birchfield or something who's loose. I think a Birchfield, Dylan Turpin could be deadly. But you have to think about will will Buffalo go in and grab a Birchfield when we already know Birchfield has, you know, kind of that loyalty to Lucky right now. So, you know, it's not as easy as it was three years ago saying, hey, Birchfield, let's team up and run a season together. It's not that easy anymore, guys. Bag sponsorships are driving these things. Could Turpin and Birchfield team up and go get a, a $25,000 a year sponsorship from anybody? Yes. But when you have 60Ks, 80Ks, 100K sponsorships on the table, those are driving who you team up with. And we have to keep that in mind. Soto Gore are going to be nasty. Um, two young players coming in. Soto's coming in as one of the, you know, a potential rookie of the year candidate. Uh, a player who just killed it in the advanced, or excuse me, the, the advanced amateur division. Uh, teaming up with a Gore who's, um, you know, in singles kind of faded a little bit. The, the kid is gangster. I, I don't care. He's going to be, whether it's doubles or singles, he's going to be really good. They're going to be tough. Thorne and Gore, I think you're going to have that little bit of edge just because of Thorne's experience. He's kind of turning into a bit of a veteran, even though he's pretty young. A breakout player last season, alongside a breakout player that last season. I think the Thorne-Gore kind of outweigh the Soto-Gore a little bit, but they're both going to be really good. 
I'm really excited to see what we get from a Sims Wilson. I'm looking at this one more from a already I'm an immediate fan. I'm a big AJ Sims fan. I'm a big Braden Wilson fan. I just think as human beings, they're really good people outside of being elite level cornhole players. So I'm already invested in, um, you know, kind of wanting to see them succeed. Uh, and I think that they're going to match up really well. I think Braden Wilson can throw anything. You know, a guy that has been probably BG since he first put a bag in his hand, now switching over to Team Buffalo, I think he's going to be able to put a new bag in his hand and be successful. And I think A.J. Sims is a really good mentor. Um, I think he's going to be able to pull the best out of a young Braden Wilson. Ellison Hart, we saw what Hart did last season. Trending up, I think he was worthy of a, of a solid partner this year. Jeremiah Ellis, for me, is um, – you know, he's definitely new. Um, I don't watch the other side of Cornhole, you know, other organizations. I'm, I'm really just ACL only, so I don't know much of what we're going to get. But what I'm hearing is good. Um, so I, I think that they might come out. The question is, is we're not going to get a top 20 or 10 out of these guys, but can they be a top 20 team? You know, or do they fall into that 25 to 35 category? Uh, and it kind of the same goes for Cameron uh, and, and, and Vincent Frisch for me. Austin Cameron, Vincent Frisch, I think they have the potential of breaking top 20. Um, you know, we look at an Austin Cameron and and regionally people talk really highly about this kid and he's a great player. But does he come out and just kind of be that 40 seed, you know, or does he have the potential of maybe cracking 25 and as a doubles team pushing into the top 20? I think that they do have that potential. And this one's pretty fun because you have a player coming out of the PDC who showed a lot of promise and can immediately make an impact in his first season as a pro pro not coming out of the PDC. So I'm excited to see what they could do. And I think they could be, I think they could break top 20. What All do you think? Right. I don't disagree with any of that. I definitely think they could do it. Uh, so we will have to wait and see. All right. Moving into our 2024 pro guide and elite tour. The elite tour is going to be replacing the PDC and you'll be able to play into pro brackets at nationals and pro shootouts via the opens and elite only events. Trey, can you give us the rundown? Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, philosophically from the ACL's perspective, uh, the PDC has been something that's been building and building and building um, popularity. Right. And so ultimately we've, decided to kind of expand what that division looks like. And I think it was good for us to take some time to talk about what the ultimate vision is for PDC moving forward. Um, and, and, and now what's going to be called elite. So um, like we said in past years, the PDC has been selected based on an application process based on how the pro qualification went this year and, and kind of how people interpreted that and how we've structured the pro division qualification moving forward, it's becoming more and more obvious to everybody. And it should be, if it's not, the application process is going away. The league is growing to a point where it no longer needs an application. It's, it's really about earning it on the boards with some small levels of exemptions. There's a thing, 10 allocated sponsor exemptions for extenuating circumstances that happen throughout the year, but everything else is earn your way in. And uh, I know a lot of people have been clamoring for this for a while, and now it's kind of finally getting that way. So then when we look at the PDC, everything else was operated based on a application process, which we wanted to start going away from. A lot of people were inquiring about, hey, I really want to become part of this PDC division. We had a really high level of demand, and it's hard to truly develop 
the next great batch of players um, if you limit it to so many spots. If you look at other developmental leagues across sports, a lot of time the developmental league is equal to in size, if not larger than the pro elite level or the, sorry, the pro level group in that particular sport. Look at baseball. Baseball is almost five times the size um, at the developmental level than it is at the professional level. So how do we get there? Um, and so ultimately where we, we came about is, and we get a lot of instances and in, in clamoring for people that miss back when nationals were open to, you know, the general public to play their way into, right? Opens have tried to replace that, but there's an element of, you know, if I'm an amateur level player, I can be good as a pro on any given day. And I think I can compete with, with the pros at that level. So ultimately, what if we try to combine what all those look like? So next season, um, players can sign up to purchase a, a, a diamond membership, which will have all the benefits of a platinum membership, but then also come with the ability to sign a player contract similar to what ACL pros sign. And if they sign that contract, they buy that membership. And in order to buy that membership, you must be at the advanced level. Okay. You can't be a competitive intermediate or novice player, but if you're at the advanced level, then that gives you the, the title of an elite player. Elite players will be able to buy elite jerseys with the same type of sponsor layout as pro jerseys. Um, they'll be given access to a lot of the same resources that pros have from a developmental perspective, the seminars, the, the, the coaching, all of those different things, access to an elite only group on social media to help grow together, be provided resources from the ACL. But then the cherry on top is certain events will be designated as qualifying events for the pro brackets. So at open events, if you're an elite player and you're one of the top finishers, you'll qualify um, for a pro shootout later in the season. At certain nationals and other events, there'll be these elite only events that only elite players can compete in. If you're a top finisher in that, you earn your way into a pro national later in the season. So ultimately what this does is it does a couple different things. One, PDC players are no longer traveling all the way to a pro event, competing in a qualifier and not making it into that pro bracket. That makes it a really tough job for these PDC players this past season to do that. Now you're going to know if you've made the pro bracket weeks or months in advance to help players properly plan. Um, what this structure also does is it allows us to gauge the popularity for PDC and, and limit it or, or adjust it in future seasons. Um, something that's going to be interesting this season is that the ACL is, is coming out with a power ranking that's going to allow players to um, earn a ranking that is similar to chess ELO in a way that as I play certain players my and beat them, my ranking goes up. As I lose to players, my ranking goes down. And it really just gives me a skill rating, um, not only over the course of a season, but over the course of a career to really gauge how well and how, how strong a player's performance is. The good news is in future seasons, after this one, the minimum requirement may not just be advanced level. It may be in order to be an elite player, you have to have a minimum skill rating, right? So instead of just relying on PPR, instead of just relying on your skill level, which in some ways can have some bias and subjectivity, 
the idea is that in future seasons to really have this power rating also help set the minimum floor to becoming an elite player. So that'll allow us to adjust that, right? We don't want we don't want 10,000 PDC players, right? We don't want 10,000 elite players, right? But if we continue to raise that floor to make it a limited exclusive group, that's really going to help the growth of that developmental division. So uh, ultimately, we really think it's a great replacement for PDC. It allows anyone that thinks that they can, as long as they meet the minimum skill requirements, that they think they can compete at a high level to gain access to the program and to also help continue to develop them as players to hopefully play into these pro brackets. So, um, uh, so yeah, open events will qualify for shootouts. Elite only events will qualify for nationals. And at the end of the year, all the top ranked elite players um, will qualify for the world championship pro brackets as well. So um, it also replaces some of the pro qualification methods, right? Now it's not the top 24 people in open standings. It's the top 24 elite players in open standings. Really, this is meant to be, if you are serious about becoming a pro or want to try it out, this is going to be a better way for people to buy into that, to to really uh, dive into it and see how far that their cornhole career can go. So um, we're really excited about the program, and, and hopefully it, it gets people even more excited about getting on the path to becoming a pro. Are the elite-only events like at events, or is that like a standalone event like local areas? Yeah, we'll have one elite-only event at, at Myrtle Beach for the National College Cornhole Championship. If you're a top finisher in that, you qualify for Pro National number one. And then Pro National 1, 2, and 3 will also have elite-only events at that event during a pro single. So at national number 1, right, we'll have an elite-only event. If you're a top finisher in that elite-only event, you'd qualify for the pro brackets at national number 2. Got so you. it's always okay. going to be weeks ahead of time that you know that you can qualify. So the elite-only events are at nationals and at the college championships. Yep. And that's how you can qualify for the pro brackets. And then how do you qualify for the shootouts? You're a top finishing elite player at the at opens, right? Okay. So there's designated spots for elite women, elite juniors, elite seniors, as well as the regular open singles and open doubles. If you're a top finisher there, you also have designated spots reserved for pro shootouts. Got it. Okay, this might be easier for me to just kind of walk it from <clears throat> beginning to end. So this is good to hearing. I'm hearing it firsthand too, so I can kind of represent uh, a lot of the players out there that are getting this firsthand too. So, okay, so I'm an advanced level player. I'm out there in whatever state, and I want to join this elite group. So how do I qualify? It sounds like it's just a membership. I don't need to have right. any level of skill. Okay, so I go well, in. There's you have to be, be some... if you, assuming you are the advanced player, a competitive player in your same okay. position could not do this. Any advanced level player uh, can buy into this membership. And how do I, I guess, when does that happen? When would I start to want to think I need to get in and, and, and get my membership? Yeah, memberships will become available on uh, September 15th, which is this Friday. And then you can, you will no longer be able to buy an elite membership after December 26th. So okay. the, also the other idea is, we don't want people waiting to see how they're doing throughout the entire season, waiting to sign up, you know, oh, last minute, I'm high in the rankings, so I want to go ahead and be an elite player and that kind of thing. It's really meant to be if you want to commit to it and try it for the season, you have to do it in the first half of the year. 
And then the other follow-up question to that I know is going to be, can I buy my elite membership halfway through the event that I'm playing in because I'm doing well? The answer is no. All, you're going to have to have the elite membership prior to entering the tournament in order to qualify you for the benefit of, of qualifying for the future pro event. Okay. Is that, is that dollar value set or is that still under? Yes. $500 for that for the season. Okay. If I'm an advanced level player, I got 500 bucks. I go in and I register to be an elite and I'm in, there's no, and, and the, the number's unlimited, right? For this first season. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's unlimited. If we get to a point where there's too many people signing up, we would cut, we will cut it off early. We haven't okay. disclosed what that total number is yet, but as I mentioned, we're not interested in having 10,000 or whatever. Right, right elite level players there will be so a there's, point where it gets cut off there's my motivation to go get signed up early just in case the numbers are rolling in and it becomes excessive you know register sure. as soon as possible okay so i'm in um myrtle beach comes up new year's um and i know i'm in some qualification or elite bracket or tournament that potentially qualifies me for uh, the first national, right? Correct. So those okay. elite only events. So as your advanced player that's bought the membership and has signed the contract. And once you've signed the contract, you'll be able to register for elite singles and elite doubles at that national college cornhole championship in Myrtle beach, only open to elite players. And if you finish first in elite singles and finish dead last in elite doubles, you'll qualify for pro singles at national number one and you won't qualify for pro doubles at national number one is there a guaranteed number of slots like we had last year for elite like one per bracket correct yes there's going to be you know it'll be um for the nationals it'll essentially be i believe it's three and three so three doubles three singles plus the additional like because for opens you may have you're gonna have a women a woman qualifying a senior a junior so okay. at minimum, there's six spots reserved at each national and shootout. But realistically, that number will get bigger because we will have full brackets for all of these events. Right. So three guaranteed spots to the elite. Yes. Okay. So if I can finish top three, I know I'm in the pro bracket at national number one. Plus any pros that are not able to make it to national number one, we open up more spots. You got it. Got it. And then I show up to national number one, whether I made the bracket or not, right? If, if I want to qualify for national two, I need to show up to national number one if I didn't make a pro bracket. Correct. Because then you okay. want to play in your elite only singles and your elite only doubles. And if you do well in both and you qualify and you're one of the top finishers there, then yes, you'd qualify for pro singles and pro doubles at national number two. Got you. And then that takes me to national two, national three, national four will qualify you for worlds. Is that no. carry into worlds? Okay. No, we'll go by ranking. So the top ranked elite singles and elite doubles teams in the pro singles and pro doubles rankings. Cause by that time yeah. you will have acquired some, some qualification for brackets. So the highest ranked in all those will fill the remaining spots. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And then that takes us on to the shootout. And I think Amish got the answer for us that the, the shootout qualifications come another way. What was that answer again? How do we how do we get into shootouts? So getting to the shootouts via just regular open singles, Opens. open doubles, junior, senior, and women's singles at open events. So all via oh, the first 12 opens only, those first 12 opens doubly count as elite qualifying events for the pro shootouts. 
Okay. And all this formal guideline, that's not out there yet, right? That'll come yeah. probably. Oh, it's out. Okay. So it's out there on the website. Yeah. If you're on the player page on the website, if you go to the player guide, which has been released on the back page is another, you know, there's a link to the, you know, elite tour guide and diamond membership document and people can read over that entire document. Cool. Last question. Why the name change? Um, the, I mean, I could give you a fancy answer, but I, I don't know <laughs> if we really loved PDC. Um, and in elite kind of goes back to our roots a little bit. We used to call the best players in the world elite players before we found, before the league had grown enough to really feel like we had enough juice to call them professionals. And so we're kind of going back to our roots a little bit with this elite tour. All right. We're going to have to figure out a new name for the, the, you know, the top percentage of the pros. We can't call them the elite anymore. We'll have to come up with a new, new name. (laughs) We do. We say like the elite for the pros. I use that term as well. That's a valid point. Yeah, so we shall see. All right, let's let's talk about who has qualified in their local area for the Atlantic Conference. Andy Noyes, Mid-East, Ryan Tucker, Midwest, Damon Reynolds, Northeast, Matt Raymond, Southwest, Caleb Mladenka, Southeast, Tony Franco Sr., Carolina, Caleb Avery, and Ontario, Connor Weiss. So congrats to all of those new uh, pros. Uh, not an easy thing to do. So good job, everyone. And uh, do you have anything to add before we move on to some of the proceeds and modifications? Uh, real quick. I, uh, my only quick thought is, you know, uh, excited to see uh, Connor Weiss and Ryan Tucker back. They were both right on the fringe of requalifying. And uh, I know they were both pretty devastated. So it was, it was fun to see those names back on there and Andy Noyes back-to-back years winning his conference qualifier that's that was a big deal he's done it twice now literally last chance and he's done it so shout out to Andy nice so we have some other changes coming up this season we're going to go through some of those now Uh, the new pro cornhole series is going to merge nationals and shootouts Um, so do you want to cover that or do you want me to keep going yeah, yeah, no, I can cover it. I can cover it. So so pretty much the, the pro series is going to look a little bit different next year, right? We're so used to having all these different series and all these different moving parts. The shootouts, just his own independent thing, doesn't count for points. People at the end of the year can't take into shootouts into consideration with the MVP and all these different things. And so to kind of hopefully make it a little bit simpler, all of it is merging into one series. It's your pro cornhole series, right? All the ACL pros will compete across eight events. That's really your entire regular season now. Eight events. Four of those have a traditional national format, which is your stack bracket, play to 21, um, your, your grueling, your kickoff battle, cornhole mania, bag brawl, final chase. Pretty straightforward, right? But then the other four events will take on the traditional format of a pro shootout which means they're going to be round limited, okay? One um, one difference is this year is no more rounders in the single elimination. They are going to be double elimination um, straight out. So people will show up to the event based on their seed and their pro ranking. They'll, 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 they'll be seeded into um, a shootout uh, bracket, but essentially it's still going oh, to be round limited. That's huge. Did you just say shootout is double elimination? Yes. Yo! Yo, I know there's a lot of pros out there going, yes. yes. And a lot no of lower seated, no a lot of lower seated, a lower seated pros going, damn it. 
Yeah. Well, you, yeah. You got rid of round, round limited, limited though. Still round limited though. You got okay. rid of round so that, but, but double elimination. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So you won't get you won't get as lucky is all I'm saying. Yes. So so ultimately what this what this leads to is um now your point series, when you look at pro singles and pro doubles rankings, that now takes into consideration the shootouts. So it's still going to be your three best national finishes. We're going to add your one best shootout format finish plus your world championship finish. And that's going to give you your overall ranking towards pro singles and pro doubles. As we get more and more pros doing this as a full-time job, the idea is to go from one shootout counting to two to three, right? So over future seasons to increase the number of events that count towards standings, but we're still in that growth mode, right? Not able to go. Dang. Yeah. That's big time. All right. Yeah. So last season, three national events qualified you for your world seating. We're now saying three national events, plus we're going to take your best shootout. round limited double elimination shootout finish to that seed. Yep. And okay. then the same, like nationals and shootouts are the same weekend or they're still separate. No, nope, there'll be eight event weekends over essentially 16 weeks, which means it's every other weekend starting in April, you'll have an event and the shootouts and the nationals alternate. So national number one, two weeks later is shootout number one, two weeks gotcha. later, national number two, two <laughs> weeks later, shootout number two, and so on. Right. So there, there's a little bit of a break there in between events. Um, and here's another big one. Um, this was voted on by the pro committee. No more, uh, men's and women's singles shootouts, meaning Whoa. it's pro singles and pro doubles, which means okay. it is gender neutral in between, uh, for, for the shootouts. Um, so that's a little bit of a, a big difference, right? Because that, that, that changes things. However, um, what the women got together and decided that they would, what they wanted to do was create um, a women's tournament of champions. So alongside some of these pro events, there will be women's specific events, both singles and doubles. And it has kind of a shootout type of feel where it's, if you win, you make it to the tournament of champions, right? Very similar to what we had with the open tournament of champions this past year. Yeah. The pro women only have created this women's tournament of champions that will have a guaranteed prize pool associated with it that will have guaranteed airtime on broadcast for them to compete against other pro women for a chance to make the tournament of champions at the world championships at the end of the year. So a lot of like little bit of tidbits there as far as change in structure goes. Now, are you keeping the open tournament of champions like we did? Yes, like there'll still be an open tournament of champions. Yeah, at the world championships. Yep. So we're just adding um, it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And then the only other thing that's worth adding is that obviously now MVP, Rookie of the Year, all of those award-based titles will now take in shootouts into the consideration. Okay. So no longer are we just limiting ourselves to four events. We're now looking at eight events total. That can really – or really in 16 if you count singles and doubles, right? So we're looking at the full scope of, of a pro player's pro events to help determining those specific awards. And then the also the ACL is introducing a comeback player of the year award among those um, – you know, we had three core awards at the World Championships for pros, your MVP, your Rookie of the Year, and your Breakout Player of the Year. The newest one now that we've had some years under the belt, right – is comeback player of the year. So really awarded to someone that 
may have been at the top of their game, whether it be to injury, stepping away from the game, or purely poor performance, them being able to resur- have a resurgence back to a top-tier status over a period of time off is something that the ACL is going to be introducing at the pro level for an award. So, um, so yeah, a lot of cool little tidbits and, and interesting yeah. flavors to the pro division this year. All right, so with uh, with uh, with pro or four shootouts, um, last year we would have eight qualifiers. So this year we're, we're just going to have four, and that that finish at the end of the year will be shorter, right? Just a correct. And the idea is now that it's all in the same bucket, we won't have a pro shootout championship right anymore. Oh, and all of that okay. money, all of that money gets fed back in. To that entire oh. pro cornhole series. So winning a shootout is going to be heavy. Yeah, say yeah. that again. So there is no, so they're not, the shootout is not to qualify for the later event anymore. Correct. The pro shootout championship is no more. It's simply, it's one of the pro events that you compete in. It's like winning the first national of the year. It's meant to be this big thing. So what does that also mean? It also means if you win the first one, you can play in two and three and four. Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. So. And can you have different partners? So in theory, you could. But if you think about this now, right, if you think about it now, it doesn't benefit you in ranking to do that. Because right. now that these pro shootouts count towards your ranking, if I play right. pro doubles with Anthony and then Michelle, I'm going to show up in standings twice. Got you. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, this is this is juicy. I'm loving this. Okay, so anybody who followed the, the shootout series last year, you saw me and Jeff at the beginning of the, you know, the opener talking about a $300,000 prize pool. Now that was spread across eight tournaments, plus a big cash pool for the champion at the end. Trey's saying all that is now consolidated into a four unique events. So where a singles player, I think, was pulling like four or five grand to win qualify in a shootout, are you now saying that that, that, that prize pool just went up exponentially for, for the four shootouts? Well, well, yes. In essence, in what I'm saying, and I'm indirectly saying yes, because instead of that money just going to the shootouts, what I'm saying is take all of the money that was available for nationals and shootouts, combine them, and then distribute them among all those events within this new pro cornhole series. So it's not as if all of that shootout money is just going to those four shootouts, but all of that money is being combined. And the idea is, you know, we're, we're really the only two separate prize pools that you'll have now are just going to be, you'll have your teams and whatever your team's championship is. And then your pro cornhole series, which is your singles and doubles. Okay. Yeah. Cause we have to think too, that half of that money was going to the women's or not half, but a third of that money was going towards the women's shootout. So that's now added back into the pool to get distributed amongst. Yeah. I'm excited to see, do we know uh, roughly what a, I just won first place singles shootout. I was winning four or five K last year. Roughly. What am I winning this year? Well, so I don't know yet because we don't know what the prize pool is going to be. I'm hoping, uh, yeah. well, I'm hoping that prize pool goes up by a good bit this year, but we won't know that until probably end of December, beginning of January, once all the, uh, you know, the TV deals and the contracts and the everything, you know, um, you know, c- comes to finale because it's a big, it's a big fall for the ACL, you know. Um, we're having a lot of good conversations. A lot of our contracts, for better or worse, came to an end at the end of 
the 2023 season, which means it's a lot of it's a big renegotiation time and also a new negotiating time with with new brands and networks and everything like that. So uh, it's an it's an exciting time, but it's a busy time, which means um, there's a lot of positivity and a lot of uh, expectation of continuing to grow. But we got to get there first. So I can't answer yeah. your question until we have those concrete on concrete details done. Sounds awesome. Oh, very cool. And are we continuing the Celebrity Super Bowl as well? Yes. So the Celebrity Series um, will continue. Um, let's just say there's going to be a more active focus in one particular f- sport by an individual who has played Super Bowl multiple times and is very passionate about cornhole. And that's all I can say. So. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> that's cool. Um, that, that should limit it down pretty good for you guys for those thinking a lot about it. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be an exciting, uh, exciting year and super hole is, is still going to be back and still something that we're very excited about. Nice. All right. I think my questions are answered. How about you, Anthony? Yeah, man, that my, my, uh, my brain is just stirring right now. This is uh, bringing up a lot of cool twists. So, um, can't wait to see it play out. Absolutely. Moving on to buy or sell. I'll read you guys a line. You let me know if you're going to buy it or sell it. Last week, you guys had quite a few differentiating or different answers. I was surprised. Let's see what happens today. The number one is Devin Harbaugh and Kyle Malone are a lock for a top five team this season. Buy, buy it. Buy it. Lock buy. it in. Lock <laughs> it in. If they don't, then, you know, I, I'm going to – Tackle them. Uh, I mean, they, they're just oh. completely, <laughs> a complete fumble on their part, right? I mean, it would just be a complete and epic collapse if they don't. They're way too talented. I mean, they need to be a top five team. If they're not, I'll be very angry with them. Buy it, 100%. <laughs> no Anthony? Yeah, I think we got, we got to think about what's out there now, right? I mean, we still got Grindersleeve Batson, who finished number one. Uh, we saw the Smith uh, uh, team it up with Richards. Obviously, that is insane. That's arguably going to be, you know, one or two, probably most likely one. Chamberlain and Burton Jr. still out there, national champs, um, you know, who finished out third. Kano and Hamilton are still going to be super tough. I think if you put them up against a Harbaugh humans or not Harbaugh humans, Harbaugh Malone, they're going to be, you know, just as good. So you're starting to see it get really tight. Um, but we did see, see some weaknesses uh, in, in some, I, I think a lot of, Strong doubles teams actually getting weaker with just how I'm going to say it again, bag sponsorships, driving new partnerships. But I agree with Trey, even with what I just mentioned, I'm going to buy it. Top five. All right. The Gore brothers splitting up was a mistake by yourself. Uh, this one's tougher um, because ultimately I'm, I'm almost, I think I'm going to buy it from a pure fan perspective because in 2021, I got to see Jack Gore have his big breakout and it was his older brother, Jake, that couldn't keep up and Jack was so close. And then Jack got hurt outside of cornhole and had a really uphill mental battle. Jake had his breakout season. He literally was the breakout player of the year and a phenom we're talking about throughout the entire year was a top 10 player and Jack couldn't keep up. So now I've had two alternating seasons in which each brother has had their shining moment. 
And we were never given the opportunity to watch them play together as a team, as a unit throughout one entire season where they're both playing at the top of their game. So I'm kind of bitter, right? Because yeah. I never got to experience that and, and understand that. So I'll say from a fan, it was a mistake. Maybe from their perspective, it's it's good for them to go their separate ways because they never were able to find that gel. But to me, two years isn't enough of a sample size to live on that. So I will buy it for completely selfish reasons. Okay, Anthony. Yeah, this one's tough because we're not just talking about skill. I mean, obviously they're both elite level players. They both had a finishing single season, you know, in the top of the league. I think it's just, you talk about chemistry. What's weird is you've got two brothers that should have max chemistry, right? And they do, they know each other's games real well. But again, you're talking about young brothers who have to work together and not agree and fight a little bit. And if you look at who they picked up with uh, Jake picking up a Hunter Thorne and Jackson picking up a Sammy Soto, I really like those pickups for those guys. So I am also on the fence, um, but I'm going to sell. I think this is actually a good split for them, at least for a season. Uh, don't be surprised if we get into another season and they've, they've kind of felt the, you know, felt what it's like to go out there and play uh, not together and maybe come back uh, the following season. Agreed. If you were a pro player, you'd take a lower sponsorship contract to throw the bad company that you prefer. <clears throat> yeah, I think I'm going to sell this one. <laughs> I think I think money would talk with me. Um, one thing I find interesting is that, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of bags that can be somewhat similar. There are a lot of companies that are innovating in this specific way. So I think that could be the one exception to this rule is if there was a specific, like, like a game changer, an ultra with the dots or something like that, that has certain type of innovation that nobody else is doing that might sway me. But um, I do find it interesting that some players will are doing everything they can to stay with, with their particular company. So I'll, I'll, I'll sell it, but um, that's just probably me. Anthony. Was guaranteed, it just yeah, no, I'm selling guaranteed money uh, carries a lot of weight. Um, and we're also starting to see these bad companies, diversify uh you know their their product lines so as we know or everyone's really recycling the same materials you know maybe you're mixing up the fill a little bit more the the uh the skill level of the players continues to go up we've seen guys rolling the bags that we thought were impossible to roll jamie graham's gonna come out and roll an evolution i'm telling you it's gonna happen it's not gonna be as easy um but he's gonna be able to to roll evolutions and probably be successful um i hope um so yeah i'm gonna sell even with all the new partnerships, Eddie Grindersleeve and Caleb Batson should be the favorite to finish number one again next season. Why? Why not? I mean, no hesitation. Why? I mean, why not? I mean, give me one reason. Why not? I'll give you two why nots. Richard, Richard Smith. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just can't. I can't you said should. You said should. You didn't say they will finish number one. I'll buy it. Fine. Put it down there. They will. They, they I mean, there's no reason. Okay. No, no reason they shouldn't. Anthony? I am selling. You've got Smith yeah. and Richards in the league right now. They are. They should be a two. How about uh, players in general are choosing their partners for 2024 too early? Yeah, buy. I, I, I am buying this. You have so many people picking their partners for next season now, right? 
Your pro season starts in April, right? How many people did we see play at a really high level in October, November, and December for next year that weren't playing well in April, May, and June? I get the idea you want to lock things up. I'm not insinuating that if you're a pro player, you're making a stake. I'm just saying I think the industry in general moves way too fast on these things. Yeah. I'm talking to some pros that's like, I'm going to be able to get back to you in two weeks, but if you can't wait, you got to go with someone else. And then they go with someone else. I'm like, two you're going to let the entire success of your season be operated just strictly on impatience. I don't like that. I buy it. Anthony? We got the keyword players are choosing their partners too early. Trey nailed it. The industry is driving this. As a player, I am watching my opportunities disappear. You've got mm -hmm. guys like Birchfield out there who is still has not announced slash selected his partner. I can't tell you how many messages I have from top 20 players going, who's still available? Because there's no really good way of, of putting the availability list out there. You're forced to move fast. So I, I'm actually going to sell. I don't think the players are moving too early. It's it's the industry is driving it. There's just no way around standard. it. Yeah, we got to change the standard of when it happens. Everyone slows their roll. <laughs> but yes. All right, time for uh, our hot takes. Trey, what do you got? New comeback player of the award. Brand yes. new award. Starting it off. I'll make Ooh. a bold pick. I'm going to go Matthew Sorrells. Oh. Comeback okay. player of the year. You're going something else. Okay. That's actually a good choice. He's going to come back better than people think. I'm telling you. Um, I'm going to pick one of the uh, new partnerships we had earlier. AJ Sims and Brayden Wilson, a top 15 team next season. Oh, I think I chose them for my hot take last week, if I remember right. Okay. It's, you did. Ago. Yeah, I, did, I thought I did. All right, I'm going to go way out there because I don't even know where the room is for them. But Trzinski, Halbert, top five team. I don't know how because I don't know. Ooh, that is hot, and I actually spicy. love it. That's I like spicy. that. That is spicy, and I like it. <laughs> all right, that's all we got time for. We'll see you guys all next time.